Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Tascam On Air, the official podcast of Tascam. I'm your host, Sean. Listen along as we explore podcasting, sound design, indie filmmaking, vlogging, recording, and more with a host of legendary Tascam artists, producers, and other major players discussing their personal techniques and philosophies. We have a fantastic guest in the studio for you today. Allow me to introduce to you singer-songwriter and live streamer extraordinaire, Jessica Lynn. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us today on uh, the official podcast of Tazcam. Uh, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, let's see. I like your background there. It looks like you got a uh, quite a collection of guitars going on there, which is Thank amazing. You. <laughs> I've been doing live streams since the start of the pandemic, and I do this weekly piano show every week and one time one of the fans was like how many guitars do you actually have so i was like whoever guesses gets a free ticket and you guess what the magic number was that are in here in this room alone uh i don't know i can't i can only see what i can see like five of them but i'm guessing there's a lot more than five in there right now <laughs> 38 <laughs> oh my god are you kidding me <laughs> i even surprised myself i was like all right everybody put your guesses in the chat and i'm gonna go count <laughs> Wait, do you, uh, do those all go through rotation or do you have like some favorites that you tend to stick to mostly? I have my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's good. We have like literally every color and style known to mankind. So it kind of <laughs> fits any style show or any outfit, I guess you should say. <laughs> that's awesome. That's <laughs> every outfit. That's great. It just match all the time. That's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, you are um, an incredible singer and you're a multi-instrumentalist, correct? Thank you. Yes, I, I was classically trained on the piano as a kid. And then when I knew I wanted to start my own band, I wanted to learn all of the instruments within it. Um, so I taught myself bass, guitar and, and drum shortly after. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and you said that that's actually a good point. You just said when you wanted to start your own band. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, did you start off your music career as a solo artist, as Jessica Lynn, or was there like a an actual band phase, you know, where you had like a, a whole group together where, you know, it was a... a, a yeah, it, it's actually an interesting story. So um, as a New Yorker, I am, and anyone that's seen my live show knows that I'm a true rock and roller at at heart um all the covers that we do in my show are either like queen or chuck berry or acdc um so i'm an extremely crossover style uh, of artist and i started actually in a rock and roll band we were very much like no doubt um oh. and i loved punk growing up and i actually learned drums to just playing through the american idiot album over and over and over again um, and that's how I learned how to do all the different beats and learned, you know, all the different pieces of the kit and stuff. And um, so I was doing that from I started my first band when I was 13. And then I did that till I was about 19 years old or so. And um, it was a group of kids. We had grown up together and there was just, you know, that special chemistry within a group of musicians. And I always had this mentality that I was like a full grown adult, like this is my career, I'm going to rehearse seven hours a day, you know, like, no, I don't want to go to this party, I, I need to write, you know, even though it's Saturday night. And unfortunately, the other kids were kids, and they just didn't have that mentality. So we actually lost some pretty big opportunities. Um, and when I was about 19, after that band broke up, I kept trying to like, 
find new members and everything. I'm like, it's just not the same. It's not the same anymore. Um, so I said, you know, if I'm ever going to screw this, if this is ever going to get screwed up again, I want it to be only because of me and no one else and have no regret. So it was that moment I decided to be a, a solo artist and I, I was in love with country music and that's how I made the switch. Awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, it is, it's always a struggle to re I mean, really to find, people who are exactly on the same page as you, um, you know, to make things happen when you're driven to make those things happen. And, you know, you find yeah. people who are almost there or, uh, you know, and I think the way that you did it is kind of cool. Yeah. It's just, you're Jessica Lynn, you're going to have this, uh, these people playing for you. And, you know, that's, that's the, that's the end game right there. It's just and, you doing and your funny stuff. Enough, when I switched to the backing band, funny enough, they've been with me since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> it's like unbelievable. Like you can't make this up. You know? <laughs> That's funny. The last year and a half has been a struggle for virtually everybody, but uh, you know, especially you know, people in the music industry, that's, it's been hard and there's had to been, you know, adjustments made. I know you said you do, did you say you did a weekly live stream or just live I stream? Did. Okay. Yeah. Um, at one point I was doing six a week sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, I'm a very driven person. And when I set my mind to something, I literally will stop at nothing to accomplish it. Uh, it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> like, I don't think I ate a meal yesterday. Yesterday was like a 16 hour work day. Um, and it's just how I function. And when we lost, so last year we lost in a hundred city, 14 country world tour. It was the biggest tour of my career. I was so excited about it. I can't even tell you. Um, we also lost it again this year. And when that all happened last year, I mean, just like every other performer, I mean, I was devastated. Like that's, that's an understatement to say I was devastated. I didn't know what to do or where to turn as an independent artist. I built my career on the road. I didn't have right. money for radio or PR or anything like that. So my PR was getting out there and shaking hands and doing it that way. So for me, being on the road and being a live act is like all I really know. It's where I feel the most comfortable and at home. And um, so when I lost that, you know, I definitely took a week or so to just feel sad and, you know, go through all those emotions and regroup. And then we're like, you know what, I'm not going to let this thing beat me. My husband and I upgraded all our cameras and we got lighting and we basically turned this living room here into a like television studio. We got up lighting, backdrops, like fairy lights, you name it. We got it. Um, and I started streaming. And to my surprise, I mean, I never thought in a million years that it would take off like it did. Um, there were like 60 to 100,000 people watching me a week sitting in my living room playing guitar. Wow, that's um, incredible. I, I, it, <laughs> it honestly blew my mind. I remember the first time looking at my numbers like, oh, my gosh, is this real? And um, I wound up being a top 40 live streamer of the year by Polestar 2020 and top 25 this year that's amazing well good job with that that's incredible you're saying you're right. doing like maybe even like up to six streams a week imagine if th those numbers translated over if you could play for six hundred thousand people live shows a week that would be and so that would be a massive accomplishment doing that online is crazy that's uh, so good job <laughs> on that that's cool thanks it is funny that you said that because i even said that one day i'm like you know you spend all this money all this effort going on the road and don't get me wrong there's nothing like being you know, live and in person and traveling the world and doing all this stuff. But I'm like, 
I literally, this is like the equivalent of like selling out a stadium every week. Like how <laughs> stupid is that? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> like maybe we're doing something wrong all these years. <laughs> so, so you've changed your model a little bit over the last year and a half. Uh, clearly you have to, that sucks about the, the tours. Cause that sounds, those are massive. What'd you say? 14 countries. That's crazy. That's a, uh, that's an amazing experience that you unfortunately had to miss out on, but you've got the live stream thing going on and that sounds like it's going phenomenally to say the least uh it seems like you know we're, we're getting around to some sort of sense of normalcy again it seems like it's going in that direction but who knows um do you have any you know show actual uh live gigs booked at the moment or are you planning on just sticking to the live stream for the for the time being we're putting our toes in the water i guess okay. you could say um we're proceeding with caution um but we're very excited. So next year, the whole big tour is happening and it's even expanded. I think we're up to 16 countries now. Ooh. And um, so I'm praying all that goes ahead and we have limited stuff. That's not too big of a trip. So we have a Maryland thing coming up. We're in New York. So New York, New Jersey, kind of tri-state area stuff. Um, my big Christmas show that I do every year for Toys for Tots at the Paramount Theater is back on this year. Um so it's, you know, things look a little bit different. We have to have different protocols and all types of things like that, which makes it a little more stressful. Sure. Um, but I think this is the best way to kind of get back, get back into it. Well, you know, it's better. I mean, the <laughs> I'm sure the added stress of the protocols is no fun, but, um, you know, at least you're getting back out there and getting in front of crowds and being able to, you know, do what you love. And that's so that's great. That's good to hear. I see that you have a new EP out. Yeah. Um, so. I'm very excited about this EP for a number of reasons. Um, it was kind of a surprise release and it was born out of these live streams. So at first I was just doing Facebook and Instagram and, you know, playing all my songs. And after like four months of doing that, I'm like, how many times could I play Roadhouse for these people? <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to do something different. So I decided to do these piano bar style live streams, which are, they were ticketed and I made them so $5 just to get the private link to come in so that anybody, no matter what their work circumstance was due to the pandemic could join and have a nice time. And you could ask me to play anything. So literally, and I have to try it on the spot. So I have my iPad, you say, Jessica, play somebody to love by queen. I got to pull it up and I have to try it. And um, it's been so much, we're still doing them, even though the world's opening back up just because they're so much fun. And they pushed me in so many different directions musically. I mean, li we're literally going from like Queen to Stevie Wonder to Britney Spears to like, you name it. And I, Neil Diamond, I mean, I've tried it. And they then started to request my songs in different ways. So they were like, try, you know, your fast song Roadhouse as a slow ballad and make it minor. Oh, wow. So I'd have to like do this on the spot. And some of these, it was kind of like, that sounds really good. actually. <laughs> um, and I never would have thought to, you know, do that. Um, and so after one of my songs, Not Your Woman, they asked me to slow it down and make it an emotional ballad. And when I finished, they're like, you have to release that. Like, please, please release it. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So that was the single that we had just uh, put out um, last month. And um, now on September 17th, we just released the uh, mini concert and music video for the whole four song EP. And um, it's four of my most recognizable songs in totally unrecognizable ways. That's um, 
really due to my fans. Um, so it's been a really fun project. It's the first time I've ever released something where I'm the sole musician on it. It was really fun to get to kind of play piano and like that and rework all the arrangements. And I have to say this last year has really given me the confidence to do that. Awesome. E even though I'm the writer and the arranger, I do have a really big band and that, and they're all great musicians. So I don't want to say I hide behind them, but I don't know if my musicianship is ever truly featured, if that makes sense with so many players and such a high energy rock and roll live show. So for me, it's really been very cool to show people this kind of other side of me and what I can do. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. I mean, and uh, don't be so modest. You're a phenomenal musician. Uh, so that's, that's cool to, that you can get out there and just, you know, here's, here's just Jessica Lynn doing everything and sounding amazing. And so this whole EP is, is the piano ballad style thing. So it's just you and a piano, correct? It was a lot of fun and very challenging. I think it took me three weeks alone just to rework like one of the songs because I wanted to put like all different chords and things like that. And it. it's challenging, too, as the writer, because you had this one vision in your head and now you're totally like rewriting everything. Oh, sure. I bet. Is there is there one track off of this EP that really stands out to you that was just I don't know, like as you were going through it, you know, the, the transformation made this song something so completely different for you that it just like blew your mind. And you're like, this is insane hearing it like this. And oh, it, it's hard because they're really all so different and they're all very special tracks to sure. me for whatever reasons. But I would say that my two favorites are Run To, which is originally a Bon Jovi slash country style power ballad that I released last year. And um, that one I did like a really cool piano solo in and kind of reworked parts of the melody and the chords and things like that. And then the single that came first, which is Not Your Woman, which is originally like a total rock, soul, bluesy, sassy, like style song that's now a very emotional story of like survival. Um, so they, those what I would have to say are my favorite. And this is out on all the different streaming platforms, right? Yep. And the music video is on Vivo and YouTube. Let me let me switch gears here a little bit. So since this is the Tascam podcast, I got to ask you, uh, you <laughs> do course. use you do use some uh, Tascam equipment, correct? Yes, I am a huge Tascam fan Thank and you. they have played a very, very big part in my story. So I love to talk about this because it brings me back to like being a starting musician and it, you know, moments like that, you know, it just kind of gives you all the feels, I guess I could yeah, say. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid and I was learning how to play guitar um, and arrange music and songwrite in my kid bedroom on the little toy, like, you know, you have the little kids like table sets with the little chairs. And yeah. I had one of those in my bedroom and on it was a Porta studio. And I would sit in my bedroom for hours, probably say 10 or 11 years old and play with the Tascam Porta Studio and learn how to write guitar riffs and add harmonies and arrange music. And like Tascam played a huge part in who I am as, as a songwriter and an arranger of music. Um, I actually pulled it out for the Tascam anniversary. I did a little clip for you guys. Yeah. We actually got it out of the attic and it was like so sentimental to hold it again because i remember my first songs being on on that device yeah um 
And then when your track factory came out a few years ago, uh, I was lucky enough. Thank you guys for asking me to be in your nationwide ads for that. So for me, it was like such a cool thing to open up Guitar World and all these magazines and see me with my Tascam product. And in my head, I'm seeing that little kid like, look what you're sure. doing now. Like you're actually working with them. Yeah. Um, and uh, the DA6400 is like our go-to piece of equipment now. We record all of my live shows with it. My big Christmas show that we do every single year, um, we've sold out the Paramount the last four years. Um, it's all recorded on that. We recorded my most recent television special on that that went nationwide on PBS. And it's also now on Amazon Prime. That's oh. called Just a Lynn Live at Dramatic Hall. So Literally from the time I'm about 10 years old, Tascam has played a major role in my in my life and career. 10 year old Jessica would be blown away by where <laughs> you've where you've gone with this. And, you know, it's so crazy. Like there are so many stories from successful musicians like yourself that ha or and producers and things that, that all start with the Porta studio. It's such uh, an introductory, but. I don't know. It's just everybody. It seems like everybody's had one and it just impacted them in such a massive way and drove them to do what they've they've done. And so instrumental in that. So that's cool. That's great to hear uh, about the Porta studio. You have shared the stage with some really huge named artists. Um, you know what? Keith Urban, uh, ZZ Top, Clint Black, many, many, many more. And that's in and of itself awesome. Out of those types of gigs, like these, because you end up playing these massive gigs, do you have like some favorite moment or like some really special show that 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 you just think of that comes to mind? That's just something incredible that you that you'll never forget. I'm sure all of them are unforgettable, but I mean, just something that really sticks out. Yes, a hundred percent. Okay. So I'm a huge Richard Marks fan. Me too. And when I was a kid, I listened to his songs over and over and over and over again. And my very first concert when I was five years old was Richard Marks. And I remember being in like the little theater and him walking by me and my sister and being like, oh my God, hi. And he looked up and waved at us and we were just screaming like with excitement as these little kids. And um, it was one of like the best moments of my life. Um, which was only superseded by me getting to open for him um, two years ago. It's so funny because I literally took a, any beginning artists or musicians, my best advice to you is just go for it. You never know. The worst thing that someone could say is no. And then you wind up exactly back in the spot you were in. Like you literally have nothing to lose by just trying something. Right. So there's a theater that I've headlined shows at in Connecticut right near us, as well as open for some other people there, like Phil Vassar and Loretta Lynn. And I saw he was coming. So I was like, you know what? Let me just try to email him and ask if I can open for him. Because <laughs> <laughs> this would be like the dream of a lifetime. So I get his email through a friend that used to work at Sony that, um, knew his manager and he's like i don't know if it's still his email but you could try i was like okay and he answered oh my god <laughs> and, and was like uh, i sent him a bunch of my links i was like you were my first concert like it would mean so much to me to get to open for you and he wrote back i really love your music i usually don't have openers but i would love to have you on the show oh my god that's and amazing I I just remember screaming and my husband's like, what's wrong? I'm like, Oh my God, I couldn't even talk. I just showed him the phone and um, getting 
I, it was the most like surreal moment because I'm like a huge fan. And even though it wasn't the biggest show, I think that's like a 500 seat theater. And I've literally played in front of like 30,000 people. So in comparison, it wasn't a, a big deal, I guess, if that makes sense. But to me, it, it was like the biggest yeah. deal. And I remember playing my opening set and looking over and he's standing there in the wing like and I was just like, what? What is my life right now? Like I, I, I felt like I was dreaming. And then we got to hang out with him. Um, I was also a really big Vertical Horizon fan um, growing up, and he was there. He's talking backstage. Your set was great and everything. And I literally felt like I was in like an alternate universe. Um, and it was just one of the coolest moments like of my life. And I, this was right before the pandemic started. It was February. Oh. So I remember standing backstage and honestly getting so emotional watching him play, like standing five feet away from him, standing right in the wing. And he was like, oh, how was Jessica? You know, wasn't she great and all stuff? And I'm like, you're literally about to embark on a world tour. You're hanging out with Richard Marks. Like what it made me so grateful and so proud of everything. Like, again, I reverted back to that little kid, like in my bedroom, like I really want to be a singer. And. Um, it was one of the coolest moments of my life. Honestly, I just stood there and I was just tearing up. Like, I'm just so like, so happy and so proud. I too love Richard Marks. Um, Rush Street was uh, a really huge album for me as a kid. I think I was maybe like, I don't know, uh, 11 or 12 or something when that came out. And then, you know, Hazard was like the huge song off of that record. I have Hazard right now on probably six different Spotify playlists of mine. That <laughs> I just, you know, you said that was your first concert was a Richard Marks concert. That's yeah. that's fantastic. So obviously, you know, everybody's got some sort of crazy connection to the artist who was their first, you know, concert anyways. But that's cool. And he's just up there on stage singing your praises to the audience. That's fantastic. Well, you got to kick COVID off with a bang uh, on a high note with the <laughs> I did. Actually, Richard if you Marks. think about it, he was my first and my last concert. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, but it's true, actually. <laughs> well, maybe you'll get some more. You'll get some more here in the, in the oh, very, but... <laughs> very near future. Uh, yeah. Um, so, OK, so you've got that EP out. And I, oh, also, I noticed that you've been you've kind of had a bit of a steady stream of singles uh, coming out on the streaming platforms like for, from the last year or so. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was another thing when the pandemic hit, I'm like, I have to release music. I can't get out on the road and, um, and do what I do. So we found a way I have a home studio. We recorded everything in my home studio. Um, and what's funny and how we really lucked out is that to go on the world tour, we were going to have a six song EP that we're going to take with us. So I had already at the time the world shut down, had the band over to record six songs that I was going to release. So they weren't finished yet. Um, but cause we're leaving at the end of May, but they were close. So we were able to just lock ourselves in the home studio and just finish all these tracks that were supposed to be released. And we decided to release them as a set steady stream of singles. And we did socially distanced music videos, like my run to video, which wound up doing so well for me, billboard featured it and CMT and, um, that was a literally like a one person crew outside, um, for safety. And, um, so we did a lot of stuff like that, like outdoor stuff. And, um, and then that six song EP wound up becoming a full length album. We spent the rest of the pandemic finishing it up and, um, that's going to come out next year. So it's called Lone Rider and it's my first 
album. So I'm really excited about it. Awesome. That's very cool. That's where I was, I was kind of going with that. I was wondering if you had anything like in the wings, like a, a full band uh, album, LP, EP, whatever that you're working on. So that's yeah. very cool to hear. You got that, the home studio. Do you engineer this stuff or do you have like an outside engineer that you bring in to do that? Um, so over the last few years, I've worked with a bunch of different people, some people overseas, some people in Nashville, but this actually my dad and I did oh. um, together. So I'm, he's also my bass player in my band um, and he's, he engineers the stuff, but I co-produce it cool. um, because I have such a, a good knowledge of all the different instruments. I'm like very, very involved in the arranging process and the producing process. Um, but I think my engineering skills stop at like the Tascam track factory. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to learn more. I really would, but there's, there's always stuff I want to learn. You know, you, there's always another country to tackle another single to put out another, and you kind of got to like weigh like what's most important, you know, and for me, engineering is, has fallen down on the list. <laughs> Jessica, um, Thanks very much. Uh, glad that you could be on and uh, and talk about your awesome career and the new music. So hopefully everybody goes out, all of our listeners, and they they you know hit their favorite streaming services and check out this new EP, and then keep their eyes peeled for that uh, record for next year. Before we go, is there uh, is there anything else that you would like to mention or or plug for uh, our listeners to check out? Um, just my website is jessicalynnmusic.org, and on all the social media, I'm jessicalynnmusic. Um, and I'm very active on my social media pages. So catch a live stream. I would love to meet you guys. And um, and thanks so much for having me. I really had a nice time. Uh, of course, it's our pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, be safe. Keep cranking out those tunes, and we'll and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.